I'm like getting a honestly like this pissed off feeling from girl, she said. Call the girl, like Debbie. I gotta, I gotta tell you. What? Get the fuck. Okay. Sorry. What? Get the fuck out. No way, dude. What? Okay. Get the fuck what? out. What? <laughs> what okay. the fuck? That was even for me a little. Get the fuck out of here. Followed that, up with a quick sorry. That clip that shit. shit. Holy fuck. That was insane. presented by wingman of the year i'm joined by max as always and we also have a couple guests with us today justine and maya how are you we're hey, good. Hey, good we are just uh sipping our wine we're talking all things crime i love no, it no, no, there's a delay i was like whoa wait <laughs> we just Welcome roll with our it. world this is how we yeah. wing it right <laughs> oh exactly we're doing it we're doing it so you girls are from Northern California, right? Yes, we are. We're from okay. wine country, if you guys have ever been out this way. Okay. Oh, I that want to. Why you're drinking wine. Only the finest. <laughs> what are you guys sipping on? What in particular? I'm actually sipping on something totally different. So I went a whole different route. It's kind of cold here today. I wasn't in the mood for wine. I know that's bad, um, but we are beverage inclusive. If you've listened during, to our um, episodes, yes. you know, we want to include everyone. Um, and we, I think we haven't even had wine yet on any of our episodes. So we had champagne. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually having a drink called the Midnight Painkiller. So I thought that would be really good right now. Mm. Max, what are you drinking? A little Oktoberfest, kind of basic, you know, it's fall time. So and I'm going with uh, my Canadian water. With that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a, uh, I've got a cab from a local winery here, St. Francis Winery. Okay. Very local. nice. So you guys just started podcast, right? Yes. Like yeah. yesterday. You're right. You got your three episodes in. I gotta say, I love it, and I appreciate you guys for coming on. But Max, you Max, take it away. You had a question to start. Yeah, us let off. me ask you guys this. Um, obviously, everyone has so many different podcasts out there. What made you two decide to do true crime? Because it's our life. I mean, okay, we pretty much talk about it all the time, anyway. So we thought, heck, let's just talk about it to hopefully other people who want to talk with us you know, share with us, um, right. you know, it, I know it's a super saturated, you know, podcast market for true crime, but we were just, this is just a fun project for us. And it's been a blast so far besides being a shit ton more work than we expected, but uh, metric shit ton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, as you guys know, I think actually, Justine, I think 
we started like this became an inkling like of a, of a, of a star. One day we were in work and we had both just finished watching like don't fuck with cats on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. So disturbing. And we started like talking about it. <laughs> it was like, wouldn't it like, you know, wouldn't it be cool to like do, do something like that? Like, of course not track serial killers because who has the time. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's kind of what maybe kicked it off. I mean, that is a goal. I, I mean, right. I'd be good with this. Somebody wants to pay me to do that. I'm down. <laughs> And I mean, I've watched enough Criminal Minds that I'm basically in the BAU, so same, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I gotta ask, what uh, as podcaster to podcaster, what are the the struggles you guys are finding? What's the hard parts you guys are talking about? Just you know, trying to get started. You know, we had no idea what to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you know, you have to Google how to start a podcast, right? right. So you're yep. just like, you don't, you have no idea. Luckily for me, Maya's super talented. She's our graphic designer. So I didn't have to worry about that part. So she did all <laughs> those amazing graphics you see on our page. Yep. Um, and yeah, we just kind of went from there and we're just adding all these new skills to our resumes. I mean, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> right? All the things you that. find out that you can do and you're like, this is great, you know, content creator, like all these things. And I, it's, yeah, it's, and just researching the cases that takes so much time on top of everything else you have going on in your lives. Like we have full-time jobs, families, you know, lives, and then you add podcasts in the mix and it's like team, no sleep over here. Actually, that's a good question. I was going to touch on, um, what may, so do you just kind of dive into a, like any sort of news or like uh, newspaper, like any sort of media to look for stories or is there kind of like other avenues you seek to find like what you want to talk about on the show? So I think we kind of talk about the, the types of episodes we want to feature. Um, we put a, a bit of time into researching. I mean, because we, of course, we want to spit facts, right? We don't just kind of want to <laughs> hop on and say, well, we think that, you know, this occurred, but we also kind of want to, we want to be able to tell stories um, and and bring, you know, if, if we can, the victim's voices into it as well mm-hmm. so that, you know, their stories can be told. Um, so I think, you know, these, these first episodes, we were kind of thinking, hey, what can we do that's kind of centered around Halloween? How do we, how do we work that out? What are, what are some lesser known cases that we can kind of bring to light? Yeah, because there's, like we said, there's so many true crime podcasts out there. So people are repeating the same crimes over and over again. So we're trying to find some that maybe people haven't heard of. We're also trying to bring in our local cases from around here, which are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, if you were to look at any of our like streaming networks, like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, they're just filled with all things like true crime. So it's like, we just watch all these things, you know, my Kindle's filled with all true crime books or thrillers, all these things. So we have a lot of content to pull from naturally. So that works out well. And um, I think we're just always trying to find kind of like the craziest cases or the ones that are just like kind of blow your mind too. And but, you know, we need a little balance because we don't want to come off as like, you know, these super <laughs> crazy girls who just want to like promote like the most wild, disturbing cases. Yeah. You guys have to go back and listen to episode number one because that okay. one's a doozy. That one it's is, a wild a, yeah. that is wild. We wanted to start off with a bang. Yeah. You guys are winging it. <laughs> we- we, yes, I think we, are. We, have, we have no rules when it comes to this passion project of ours. So that's what makes it I love fun. that. Yeah. 
I and it gives that. us plenty of like blooper and and like you know outtake oh, yeah. material, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we like if you ever look at our Instagram videos, people love them. Like we just people are loving the behind the scenes stuff. We're just like big dorks. I mean, we're just nerdy. We laugh a lot. I can't sit still for the life of me, so I'm always moving in videos and. You know, Maya's there trying to keep me in check. And so it's a good balance. Well, speaking of behind the scenes stuff, this is going to be some good behind the scenes stuff because I cannot take this mask. (laughs) (laughs) Is this like a Scooby-Doo moment where we're like, we knew it was you all along. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't drink her. (laughs) There was a lot of negatives to that mask. We, we We got the beginning part. We're good. See, that was the trick. That's why I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy like some stickers from Michael's to put on windbreaker that look teal and a headband. And, you know, it looks like I'm about to like die from red light, green light. It was perfect. I love it. Yeah, your outfit's on. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, here, I'll touch on this and I'll pass it back to Hunt. Of the different stories you guys have researched or maybe even before podcasting, what's like your, what's the favorite true crime story that comes to mind for each of you? Gosh. i'm like how do we just pick one (laughs) i know that's tough it's like picking favorite children right you know yeah yeah. that's why we each only have one child okay because we want to do that (laughs) that's how you do it that's the move dilly dilly yes Uh, you go first maya i think um for me and and I, i know that he's like a big figure of course in true crime for me charles manson was always Um, kind of a fascinating subject and figure. My mother uh, lived on houseboats in Sausalito in the uh, 60s, and she actually lived with part of the Manson family for a while. And so um, that was not, she never met Charles Manson, but she, you know, she was kind of on the periphery of that um, as it was going down. And, And so that always kind of stuck with me. She was also a huge true crime buff. So I think that's kind of where I get it from. Um, but but Charlie is like really a fascinating figure to me. Okay, I like that. It, it's tough. He didn't even kill anyone, right? No, no. <laughs> just you know the the brains behind that. Yeah, that whole cult mentality operation, right? There's still what, so much speculation over what. What did they actually out. put him in jail for? What was like the crime? So I think it was you know conspiring to commit murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Nah, that's tough that like you manipulated someone. I don't know. It's just like a like you don't see that all the time. That's like very rare. You don't. I mean, there's a few cases where, you know, you're starting to see it. There's been, I mean, recently, probably a fairly well-known case in which um, a, a young lady kind of convinced her boyfriend to take his own life. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, she faced criminal charges for that because, you know, it gets into kind of like thought police territory, I guess. Right. But, uh, but you know, if a crime does take place or, you know, there seems to be some type of coercion, I guess, you know, you have to explore that. Okay. Justine, what about you? So I was actually going to say Manson was a huge one for me. I, my, I think it was my junior year of high school. We had, I was in like honors English and we had to each do a presentation on a nonfiction book. So I chose Halter Skelter naturally. And everybody else, you know, picked all these historical figures. And then there's me like covering Manson. And my teacher even called my mom at the time, because this is like pre, you know, this is when you only had like your house lines and stuff. So I caught the message um, before she got it and I deleted it. He was super concerned about my fascination with (laughs) 
<laughs> Charles Manson and why I would choose that to present on for this huge, huge project. And I was like, what's wrong with that? It's like, so I, you know, it was, it was, it was funny because everybody wow. else picked all these important figures and then there was me and I was super excited to do the presentation and I like went all out and he was just like, I don't know, this is a little disturbing. And um, I think it was kind of, you know, I graduated a long time ago. So it was back in 2002-ish-ish. Um, I think it was before all this like true crime really just like hit the scene where it's how right. it is now. So, you know, it was a little different to have this 17-year-old girl be super fascinated with Charles Manson. Um, and then the other case that I've always been really interested in is the case of the Black Dahlia. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that one. No. But yeah, that's this, gosh, it's such a famous case. It's still unsolved to this day. Um, the victim's name is Elizabeth Short, and I'm sure Maya knows all about this case too. Um, and took place in LA. It's just... There's so many conspiracies behind it, and I'm sure we're, we're going to cover it on our podcast at some point, but at that one was, I was just enthralled with that um, when I first heard about it years ago. Okay, yeah, I, I, I got to go backwards here. You said you had a landline at your house. How old are you girls? I thought you guys were... <laughs> Well, thank you. No, I think we're probably like a decade older than you. So yeah. I'm sending my daughter to college. So okay, I was off by a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm pushing 40 almost in a couple of years. So, okay. Yeah. You know, like we went to high school pre-social media. So thank God. Thank yeah. Thank God. If you guys ever listen to, yeah. Episode two kind of covers a case about how we talk about how thankful we are that we didn't have social media um, back when we were teenage girls. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, 40 is the new 25, I heard. So yeah, I think so. You know. <laughs> so let's dive a little deeper into. So I listened to episode three, I think I said before. Let's dive into that episode because this is a Halloween uh, themed episode. So you both brought a case. Um, so what were the let me look at my notes there so there was a the pixie stick one and then the the kid that uh shot his stepmom and dad in the head yeah uh, and stepbrother okay okay do you want to uh maya do you want to cover yours first because yours first came on the podcast can you give us like a brief like five minute synopsis of that story yeah absolutely so uh the liskey family was a um a blended family uh uh, BJ's father married Susan, uh, you know, as he was a little bit later in life, you know, teenager, he clearly had some issues. Um, there was no denying that he had a very strained relationship with Susan herself. Um, Susan had two children from a previous marriage as well. Um, on Halloween 2010, uh, BJ took the life of his father, his stepmother, Susan, and his stepbrother, uh, Derek. Um, Devin was the only surviving member of the family and had a brief conversation with BJ the morning of the, of the, of the supposed slaying um, prior to going to choir at his church. Okay. And he had a bunch of uh, like mental health issues, right? I, there was a deep dive into that. He was in and out of like a mental health hospital and his dad kept going to visit him. 
Yeah, he was. It was it was really um, kind of heartbreaking. His father just absolutely mm-hmm. met him with nothing but love, refused to give up on him, even though he kind of was exhibiting a lot of violent behavior, even toward his father, um, was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type, which uh-huh. not to stigmatize mental illness at all. Um, I think it's something that, you know, we, we need to talk about openly because I think so many people don't get the help that they need. And unfortunately, in cases like this, this ends up being the result. Right. And by listening to it, everybody should go subscribe to Sip and Slave right now if you haven't. Uh, but there was a ton of red flags leading up to that. Like he literally attacked like his stepmom, like in the shower, right? He did. Yeah. He had uh, threatened to harm himself, threatened to harm others at various points. There was a neighbor who was really concerned about the situation uh, and had talked to Bill, BJ's father, on numerous occasions about about having him, you know, do something to ensure the family's safety because, you know, he could clearly see that this was escalating, getting to like kind of a bad place. Right. Absolutely. So what for the Halloween was that wasn't your Halloween episode, right? Are you guys just like leading up to Halloween? No, we have three um, dedicated Halloween episodes. So our second one is coming up this Sunday. It'll be out. And then we have one that actually comes out on Halloween day. So that's going to be a big one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maya, what stood out about that case in particular for you to pick that one for that episode? So I think it's, uh, you know, for me in, in thinking about it, it's just this kind of situation where you think this can't happen. And that's very much what this family thought in dealing with BJ and the struggles and the issues that he was facing is he's not going to hurt us. That's something that they had said over and over again. Well, BJ won't hurt us. And this, again, is just like an an illustrative example of what happens when somebody very clearly is demonstrating a need for help and isn't really getting it. It's not being taken seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like a reminder that, hey, this can and does happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. A lot of good points there. And Justine, your story that you picked for the show, it actually took place in the 70s in Texas, right? Pasadena, Texas, not California. Exactly. (laughs) I listened. Yeah, I know. Picking up on all the facts here. I love it. Um, Well, I don't know if you caught the name of our episode. We called it Trick and Treat. Mm -hmm. So with Maya's episode, when the bodies were found by the stepbrother, he thought it was just a trick. Like he thought his um, his mom was still in her Halloween makeup from the night before. So he thought they were playing a joke. So that was part of it. So we had a little theme. We like to get creative when we're picking out our episodes and um, the titles. And then for mine, it's the treat portion. Mm. Yes. So yeah, this one took place um, in Pasadena, Texas, as you said, and that was Halloween night, 1974. So I kind of took it back a bit. Um, and it was about a man named Ronald Clark O'Brien, just a, you know, standard, you know, family man, husband, father of two children, um, participated in the local church, you know, did all the other things around the community. Um, so by all means, just seemed like this upstanding citizen, right? And um, basically, he takes his two children, he had an eight, eight-year-old son named Timothy, and a five-year-old daughter named Elizabeth trick-or-treating along with a neighbor and their two kids. And they go trick-or-treating and the kids are having a great time and they stop at one house and, you know, no one answers. So nothing like that to bum you out as a child, right? You move on to the next house and Ronald kind of disappears for a bit and then shows back up with those, you remember those big pixie sticks, the big plastic ones? 
mm-hmm. um, that nobody should have. It's way too much sugar for all yeah, of Yeah, I us. think I got a few cavities from those. Right, <laughs> me too. So he shows up and he gives them to the kids and he has five of them. So he also gives one to another boy that they run into in the neighborhood that he knows from church. So he said they came from that house that they stopped at where initially no one answered. So that one is crazy because we know that um, poor little Timothy, the eight-year-old son, decided to have that as his treat, you know, on Halloween night after getting home. And he immediately felt like, you know, sick. It tasted funny to him. And um, his dad decides to help him out by giving him some Kool-Aid. And we all know not to drink the Kool-Aid, right? Um, And... The poor child, you know, gets really sick, starts vomiting and convulsing and dies on his way to the hospital. Right. So his dad ended up, to wrap the story up, his dad ended up giving it to him, right? And it wasn't, didn't come from a random house. And what was in it? What was the poison? Cyanide. Okay. And And as Maya Maya seems to know, I think apparently tastes like almonds. No, that actually is arsenic. It's arsenic. Oh, you looked it up after? Okay. You got to look up after that. After. (laughs) No, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so he tried to essentially poison all five children and his son is the only one who actually ate the candy. And uh, luckily for those other children, you know, they caught wind of this beforehand and turned those into the police station. But that's like what kind of tied in these two cases is the fact that these are what you call family annihilators. So these are crimes that take place within your family. And, you know, they're the people you're supposed to trust and never worry about anything like this happening. And that's the scary part, I think, is... Mm something sets these people to break and to commit these crimes against their loved ones. And, you know, in Maya's case, we talked about there's a mental illness. And in our, in my case, it was financial problems. You know, he was in major debt and we know how that goes, right? Finances stress you out. And his, you know, his choice to kill his son and try to kill his daughter over life insurance is something you hear all the time. And the people who do this, I mean, they're so impatient and they want to collect that money right away. And it's like, come on, people. It's just like every time you hear a case, it's like, you're just like asking to get yourself caught. Like they cannot even wait to get their hands on the money. And that was the same thing in this case. Yeah. He literally made an insurance policy like two days before, right? Yeah. Like he changed it to increase it before Halloween. So it's, it's sad. And you have these things happen so often. I mean, you hear about all these cases in the media where, a father, a mother, somebody kills their spouse, their children, either they have like a new girlfriend or boyfriend. So instead of just leaving the family, they decide to, you know, murder their entire family. Cause that's, you know, that's the way to go about it, but it's so common. And it's, it's one of the scariest types of crimes in my opinion. No, hundred percent. The thing that st- stood out to me uh, about your story, the pixie stick and whatnot, it was because you constantly see it like on social media or like, uh, like, I'll oh, check your kid's candy. Like, yeah. And then people are like, nobody is giving their drugs away for free to like kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I mean, or what was it? Arsenic or whatever. Yeah. Fine that's night. different. But like, I don't know. You guys were talking about on your show about checking your kids candy. You guys yeah. do that? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. But then I eat it without checking my own pieces. So I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> I only care about his safety. That's all that matters. Right. My parents I used to check the arsenic. No big deal. <laughs> 
my parents used to check my candy but they'd like steal all my candy yeah exactly that's what you do as a parent you look forward to this type of stuff you're like yes that's all mine like you only get two pieces because you don't you don't need cavities and yet we like raid raid the candy bag after they go to bed right (laughs) oh yeah that's one of the pros of having kids. I, I'm going to have to have some. A hundred percent. There's so many that you're like, I've been waiting for God. this. <laughs> All the Butterfingers you can eat on Halloween. Right? Oh, Butterfingers are rough on your teeth. Those are rough. <laughs> but as, like, as you know, you listen to the episode. Amazing teeth. She would, like those, oh, yeah, those pixie scissors. sticks. Like, yeah, I'm like, those are hardcore plastic. I'm like, you need scissors. And Maya's like just tearing them open with her teeth. <laughs> You need an adult for scissors. I had no time. I had no time for that. <laughs> Just spray and pray, right? <laughs> no, but no, that was great. Uh, I think that gives some like really great insight on your show and what it's about. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to listen again because you guys got two more Halloween themed ones. Yeah. It sounds like that one that drops on Halloween is going to be a good one. You guys going to dress yeah. up for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we'll are. definitely be dressing up. We'll try to, you know, we try to make what we're talking about a little lighthearted and fun just um you know but we also take it very seriously too like Maya said we want to bring you know um you know the victims in the mix and just sometimes that's forgotten that there's you know still people who are affected by this they're part of this crime um it's not obviously not fun in games it it you know ruins people's lives and it's, it's hard to balance that. It's a fine line. You want to be really respectful too right. in how you portray the victims and the people involved. And we're not idolizing these monsters or these people who commit these crimes. And there are people like that. And that's definitely not what we're doing with our show. All right. So I got one last question and I'll kick it back to Max if he's got anything else. What is it? Cause we were talking about kind of earlier, like you just said about idolizing like these people, like what is it with females and idolizing serial killers like for real almost like turns them on what is it we just had a whole conversation about this we have this whole plan to do something on this real soon it is insane like we don't get it either I mean we know dating's hard I like I know Hunter right you're out there dating and stuff but like what the hell you yeah yeah yeah, you can't (laughs) like I did that was a good one um I mean you can't find anyone else out there you like you want to go I like you want to go for the, you know, serial killer in prison. Like that's the way you want to go. I mean, it's crazy to me that, I mean, we all like gone through that bad boy stage, right? Like that's appealing, especially when you're younger, but not that bad. Like there's never a time where I was like, oh yeah, like that really does it for me. <laughs> it's Yeah. It's crazy to me how these people, like, how do you meet someone and just like, you know, you're having tacos, maybe you're enjoying a margarita and you're just like, Hey, you know, I thought of a great date that we could have and yeah. it escalates to like murder, yeah. right? That's but- the, those are the cases that Maya and I like blow our mind. It's the killer couples who will like rape and torture victims together. It's like, how the hell do you meet somebody who wants to like, where does that come up with? Yeah. Like, where does the conversation our- start? Yeah. Like, like, you know, normally it's like, Hey, do you want to go like out to dinner? Do you want to go? grab a bite to eat, maybe play some bocce ball. I don't know, but it's like, oh, hey, let's go pick up um, a girl at the mall and like take her home with us and like do all these terrible things. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Oh, is that your dog? Yes. <laughs> no worries. No, but it's just like back to Charles Manson and whatnot. And then like Ted Bundy's the big one that comes to mind. Like the girls like were fascinated with them, but like they both got like married in prison and they're getting more ass than the toilet seat in prison. 
<laughs> it's insane. I think it's, I mean, I think there's definitely a psychology behind that type of fixation, right? So you're approaching somebody who can never actually be in a full, true, real relationship with you, right? So there's definitely, um, as, as kind of convoluted as it sounds, there's definitely a safety in having that arm's length. Like, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, I guess there's not a lot of, you know, full true intimacy that takes place when you are involved with somebody who is clearly a psychopath or sociopath and also behind bars. Yeah. And then, and one of the traits of these guys, they are super charismatic too, you know? And I mean, in Ted Bundy's case too, he had like more looks than most of them too. So that worked in his favor, but they are, they're super charismatic. Um, Women are drawn to them. And for us, yes, we're drawn to true crime and like all things crime related stuff. So it's like taking that along with like, um, like actual romantic emotions and things too, that like somehow these women just gravitate, gravitate towards them. It's, it's pretty fucking scary. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I yeah. Max, you got anything? Yeah, I guess this would be sort of my last question is, um, I feel bad. I don't remember the names, but obviously there's this rising trend with uh, like the, it was a t- uh, YouTube creator, a TikTok girl who uh, passed away in the van. Was it right? With the boyfriend. Uh, yes. Gabby. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's actually where I live in Vermont. There's almost like literally a Vermont version of that. The only twist is the husband who killed his wife just like went to the police, admitted everything. And it was in the van. So, and they were traveling in a van, similar style. Is this like a new trendy thing that's going to happen? Like these, like, sort of traveling and then like just couples awry. I don't know that it just seems weird. The timing of everything. Well, I, in my opinion, you should never go anywhere near a white van. I mean, that's just like red flags, right? Maya, like steer clear of all things, white vans, like nothing good comes from always all the time, (laughs) always all the time. But I mean, if you've ever been on a road trip with somebody like it's, it's rough. You're close quarters. quarters. yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, I think, um, and I think like you, you know, we've seen like that millennial kind of like boom where everybody's like tiny living and everybody has like a van with shag carpeting. Right. And that's like mm-hmm. the new thing. Um, so I like, I hope, I hope it's not becoming a trend because you know, yeah. but you know, at the same time, I also think, you know, with, of course, this wouldn't be a podcast episode in 2021 if we didn't name drop COVID. Right. So mm-hmm. I think also with COVID, people are just like reaching these new levels of limits where it's like yeah. so much pressure. You know, we're just in this, you know, this fish barrel all the time. And I think people are snapping left and right. Absolutely. Especially point. like with domestic violence already, like it's just gotten increasingly like worse over the past year and a half. So Definitely, I would not suggest going on any type of trip like this. Um, if there are any problems in the relationship, you know, definitely have a little more space if you can, because those month, like months long trips, like those, those would be rough for anyone. Take I don't think I flight. would even want to do it. <laughs> Take a nice flight, get a beverage. Maybe right? Two. Yeah, and be nice around a bunch space. of other people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you guys, uh, where can people find you? You guys can find us on Instagram at Sip and Slay Pod, and then we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Yes. We're everywhere. Yes. Whoa. And we're not going to stop anytime soon as long as people are listening to us. <laughs> Definitely make this worth our while and all this hard work, okay? <laughs>
All right, wingers, you heard them. Go listen to them. Go subscribe. Uh, and make sure you bring a drink if you're going to go listen to them because it's yes. half the show. you got to be drinking. Remember, we're beverage inclusive. So bring any drink you want, your drink of choice. We're not going to judge. No. All right, everyone. We are a judgment-free zone. <laughs> All right, shalom. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Max. We're on another episode of Winging It. We got Hunt here playing, I don't know, like Arcade Purge over here or what have you. Um, but yeah, something. But underneath, we have our very own friend here, Juliana. She is part of the uh, podcast network, uh, or her own show, I should say, uh, Haunted 518 or 518 Haunted? Haunted 518. <laughs> okay, I got on the first try. And we're going to kind of talk about, you know, it's Halloween special. So let's have some fun. We'll talk about some haunted stuff in the upstate New York area. Juliana, how are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, this is great. Um, Shout out to our buddy here, Hunter, who found you on just browsing around podcasts. And we were like, let me tell you, the power of the internet. It's absolutely (laughs) amazing. You just type in something and other stuff comes in and takes down a rabbit hole, but Found you via Spotify. I was searching for another Jeez. podcast. It popped up. And I'm like, you know what? Halloween season is here. It's October. So I've reached out to you and you gracious, graciously accepted our invite. So we're happy oh, to have yeah. you. <laughs> no, thank you. Goes both ways. I really appreciate it. I'm like super excited to hopefully scare you guys a little bit. I hope so too. <laughs> um, so let's get right into it then. So how did you get in to all this haunted stuff? How did you start your podcast? What's your inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. So there were pretty much like three big things that happened to me from when I was a young kid to only just a couple years ago that really made me think I need to just tell some of my own stories and just try to establish myself within a community somehow because I felt like I was going crazy and I was really terrified at certain times that like I wasn't um, really like saying it was it got scary because I lived in a haunted house growing up um and then and that was kind of like not not terribly scary but as a kid experiencing it it was definitely interesting but then I moved into an apartment that kind of changed my whole life a few years ago about five or six years ago that um, really terrified me. So I, I grew up in this house that just unexplainable things happen. And then in my, um, in my teens, in like high school, middle school, high school, I was going out to Brattleboro, Vermont, or Brattleboro, New Hampshire, excuse me, um, almost every weekend for about two years, because my best friend at the time, her father, her parents were divorced, and her father lived out there. And I don't know if you guys know Brattleboro, but it is like, dirt roads family houses four or five generations old they bury the family on their own land it's super ancient feeling and spooky and creepy so um there's a lot of lore about that area too and that house was like one of the most terrifying places I've ever been because it was just unmistakable when we were all in one room you could hear clear activity in the upstairs or the room next door and things were always being moved when we weren't home Um, and it actually got to the point that her father kindly paid for a hotel out of his pocket for like a year out of the two years because he saw how scared we started to get and it kind of amped up when um, my friend and I and her little sister and a friend would go out there because I just think there were more people in the house and 
Uh, my friend had, you know, grown up between here and there. So she was never that scared, but she was like, man, when you started coming along and I started seeing how scared you were and then activity ramped up, um, her dad was like, well, I want to see my daughter. So what am I going to do? Like, just tell, you, no, I can't afford to pay for you. So we actually stayed in a hotel like every weekend for a year just to spend time with him because it got so scary in that house. And then, and then the apartment I mentioned, um, fairly recently, like four or five years ago, about now, um, was the apartment that it was, it was like, one of the scariest things that ever happened to me it was not akin to the conjuring, but there was a very, very uh, dark energy that changed the person I was living with at the time, totally. And things happened that scared the daylights out of me. And it culminated with, um, a medium coming into my office one day who I hadn't met and saying, are you terrified of your apartment? And I was like, I hadn't told the soul. And she was like, are you having like a serious problem in your apartment with a bad energy? And I just couldn't believe this person I had never met before uh, was interested in, well, how could they know that? But also was interested in kind of taking right. me under her wing. And she taught me a lot. And then there was a there's a lot more to that story, um, how I kind of started to get a little scared with the things she was showing me. So I stepped back and, and someone else confirmed that the intentions weren't really in the best place, but it was just a whole lot of uh, um, unbelievable stuff and scary stuff, but it really helped me, uh, it really helped validate that I wasn't going crazy. And that was a big changing point for me. So okay. around this time last year, around Halloween, I was like, I just want to talk about this. <laughs> Who the heck do I talk to about it? Let me just start a podcast. Yeah. So you almost got like scared in the wow. podcast thing, but it sounds like you got like this respect because <laughs> it helped you like find yourself. But uh, Max, I don't know if you could see it. Like when she was talking about that apartment and I think she was talking on the medium, she said, I could see it. And Juliana's like face, like mm -hmm. she was like actually like terrified, like even mm -hmm. like telling us. So is there like, I got to ask like, the odds of like three haunted places in your younger years or whatever mm -hmm. that's like slim to none like yeah what's up with that yeah i don't know i it's one of those things that actually a lot of my best friends or good friends in my social circle have never had an experience so it's hard yeah. for me to talk to them without feeling crazy about it and it's one of those things that i'm like how has it happened so many times to me but never once to them i just keep saying well you're just going to one day live in a place and then you're going to be coming to me saying, oh, now I believe. Um, but I, I am empathic and I have been trained by a psychic medium. Okay. So I um, I do consider myself a psychic medium, but I'm not like certified. I do have friends that are certified. I actually just had Katie Manning on the local certified. Yeah, I saw you have like a psychic on or something. Um, so she's awesome. She's a great guest. Um, so I'm not fully certified, but it's really because that fear has kind of held me back. So I think the podcast has been kind of instrumental in me creating like a safe space to a degree. Yeah. But yeah, the, growing up, there was a female energy. And um, oh, it was just terrifying, because I could see her and I was a kid. So I just thought she was a person, not a ghost. And the thing in that house that really freaked me out was like things just moved in front of me and and would uh like move across tables and it wasn't an old house it was just a raised ranch like growing up around here I'm sure you guys know those they're everywhere yeah. especially in the Clifton Park area and um yeah it was just very freaky and then it got to the point where 
like things were getting thrown at me and like, like kind of hitting me in like a poltergeist fashion and um everybody in the house kind of knew about it but nobody really talked about it, it wasn't really it was kind of like an unspoken thing so it almost sounds like almost like something's like i i don't want to like creep anyone out but like almost <laughs> like something's like following you like we're actually <laughs> we're gonna we've had him on before we actually went to like an exorcism and filmed like a vlog he's gonna Did be on really this, yeah he's gonna be on this episode we could link you up with him if you want to talk Whoa. oh i would love that yeah demonologist and whatnot mm -hmm. and uh, yeah talking to him and interviewing him it sounds like similar stuff but like almost like demons can like almost like follow oh, yeah. people so i that's I my biggest fear <laughs> well you gotta I talk know. to him then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's one of those things that um i almost don't want to indulge in the curiosity aspect of yeah. it because i feel like it opens up all that other one so working with a medium and um having a little community now has really been really great to help me kind of protect myself but um definitely i'm a baby like i'm scared of the dark th through and through <laughs> i cannot be in a dark room with no lights <laughs> i feel that max what you got one right um, yeah, so for me, it was kind of like, okay, so before we go into May, the episodes, a lot of the things you're doing are very storytelling of, you know, either transcripts from people or maybe stuff mm -hmm. that you discovered. Have you ever gone like in person to any of these locations that you talk about? No, I actually haven't gone, but I have plans to go. And then the pandemic kind of interrupted that. But I actually am going to, I've been dedicating, I've been doing research and wanting to dedicate an episode or a few to the missing case of Sarah Ann Wood, um, the girl in Racket Lake that uh, was murdered when I was, you know, in my, I don't know, when I was like eight or nine, probably in the early 90s. And um, I've actually wanted to go up there and I've been talking to like potentially like retired police and, and really just walking the area of the woods where the murderer who's still in prison over in, I believe, Massachusetts, um, Lewis Lent, he um, says her body was, but it was never found. So I have plans to go places. And then um, Steve Brott, he's actually a great person to have as a guest too. He owns the Saratoga Sanitarium, which is the abandoned sanitarium about 20 minutes outside of Saratoga. And I mm. had him on as a guest because he founded the South Glens Falls Paranormal Society and I want to go to the sanitarium with him so he's invited me but then the pandemic kind of squashed that yeah wow that's super fascinating um that first murder you were just talking about was that I was kind of browsing through your social was that the one you were referring to um had connections to the plot lines of Twin Peaks Nope, that's another one. That's oh, okay. Hazel Drew. Who killed Hazel Drew? Which is like, once you hear that name, it's kind of unforgettable because Hazel's not too common. But mm -hmm. Sarah Ann Wood was the little girl who was missing um, and murdered. The, the gentleman admitted but refuses to. So her body's never been found. But she was the little girl in the 90s in like the greater capital region. Like that's why we had, couldn't walk to the bus stop alone anymore. That's why like trick-or-treating went from like, go out on your own to like, Oh no, parents are coming with you. It was all, ev all everybody could talk about. But Hazel Drew is really interesting because it's uh, just another another girl that was found in a lake um, in uh, Sand Lake. Uh, not actually Sand Lake. It's it's a different lake, but it's in that area. And yeah, mm -hmm. Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks is based off of her. So lots of history and lots of lore for sure, and unsolved stuff too. Yeah, I never knew that, but my uh, I've seen the show before, but especially my uh, couple of my friends and my cousin super into twin peaks so yeah. when i saw that in your research I'm like no shit okay right it's like yeah. a cult classic and i didn't know that oh, yeah. either and 
that's the one thing I really love what the podcast has given me is I research, but I don't read everything fully. I make sure it's going to make sense, but I like to be just as surprised as the listeners while, um, while I'm reading it. So like that episode was super cool. Cause I was like, Oh shit, no way. I didn't know any of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, hi, yeah. I saw your eyes perk up about the uh, sanitarium and the South oh. Glens Falls paranormal there. Oh yeah, yeah, the South Guns Falls thing. I, I didn't know they had that, but you know, this is the yeah. perks of podcasting. You get talking to people, you learn stuff, and I, I love learning and whatnot. Um, but I don't really know about any of the paranormal stuff in the area. Being a five one eighter, what are some of the like most haunted places in the area? What's getting the most activity? What's the most known stuff? Yeah, so I would say the sanitariums probably top actually. Um, Destination Fear on Sci-Fi did an episode there. Okay. So Steve brought the the founder of South Glens Falls Paranormal. He's young. He's like in his early 20s. He's been ghost hunting since he was um, in his mid-teens. And the sanitarium got purchased by a gentleman in Texas, I believe, a few years ago. And just because Steve is so instrumental in the scene, he uh, has been asked to manage it. So he has like free range of it. So him and his team just go do investigations there. And he has said, I asked him that exact question when I had him on. And he said, hands down, the sanitarium is, is the most. And they've investigated a lot in the capital region for sure and even farther northward. So definitely the Saratoga Sanitarium. I recommend Googling it. It is, or even watching that Destination Fear episode because it is the creepiest stereotypical haunted. It's in the middle of the woods. I didn't know it was there and I grew up around here. It's derelict and big and, oh, it just looks terrifying. Oh, we gotta go. Yes, (laughs) Uh, we'll do an investigation. I I would love to get into that. I would love to get into Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You go. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like the you. I just did colleges and universities, and Saint Rose is probably one of the most notoriously haunted places um, in the area. The College of Saint Rose in Albany. Um, another fun fact you guys might like is the Batcheller Mansion in Saratoga. That is reportedly very haunted, and um, a film. A Hollywood film was filmed there and I think it's called The Haunting, but it was a like it's like a cult classic. Mm. And um I called them to see if I could do an episode from their A or like interview employees, and they flat out told me we don't want to be associated with that stuff. So the current management was very adamant that they didn't want that like floating around. And I was like history. (laughs) I know I was like, I think that's a little unavoidable at this point, but it's interesting how some people just like don't want it talked about other people fully embrace it yeah, you so almost think it'd be a bigger draw like for, right exactly they get more guests for sure i'm um, trying to think uh the one that comes to my mind like the only haunted stuff i know in the area is like i think uh what's the main one just like regular ghost hunters i think want their taps or something uh fort william henry right and like george oh yeah and but, Fort Ticonderoga, they did too. Okay. I was just at Fort William Henry this weekend, and I was like a little anxious going inside. Oh, really? Actually, I, I went on there like to a million field trips there. I think our producer yeah. actually used to work there too. Yeah, those are both. I would say I did a Lake George episode in Fort William Henry, especially that area, because um, the cemetery that's close to it. There's some local lore about a statue there that um, has been, I believe, like vandalized and it released some negative energy. So that whole area and just all the death and everything that happened there with the wars and the battles between the British and the French. It's so heavy. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Max, you got another question? 
Um, yeah, so one episode that intrigued me, um, I want to dive into more as it goes on, but the Hoosick Falls, when I went to high school there, um, yeah. how the original story, I was trying to, I was, I won't lie, I was juggling work when I was listening to part of it, <laughs> yeah. but um, where was that first story take place specifically in Hoosick Falls, the first one you mentioned? It was like the one, it was like a recording. The, oh, that, you know what, I would actually have to go back in my research and just yeah. double check. Does, do you remember, was the... Do you remember the name of the, I don't know the name of the location offhand. Oh, I was trying I'm to remember good, but where I can't it was memorize in, all of them. No, yeah, I was trying to remember where it was in town because they just kept talking about the place, but I must have missed it because all the other ones you talked about personally, I was like, okay, I looked at, I was looking at literally on a map, like, okay, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, the one that's, that spoke out to me, which was really Jeez. interesting was the one on Classic Street, which was the, the house that was multicolored. Um, yes. I vividly, oh, yeah. So I lived there from 2002 to 2007. I vividly remember this house because it was like right in the center of town. Yeah. Next to like the library and stuff. And it's interesting to hear that it was haunted because it was always kind of like that floating rumor around town, but oh, you never interesting. knew. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if the colors, I haven't been there, so I don't, I've never seen it, but I was like, that kind of makes it seem welcoming if it's like colorful and like the fun house in town. So it has been painted over to my knowledge, but it was really weird. It almost like had a face on the side. It was almost like a mural that was almost, um, oh, wow. like, like uh, I guess G I say geometric, but very much like triangles and squares. It was very like, very oh, like yeah, geometric-y canvas-y vibe. <laughs> yeah. It was a very interesting house, but you wouldn't miss it. So when I heard that, I'm like, that's like, it's a one of one. Like I knew what it was. Yeah. I'm going to look up, um, I'm going to find that the one you asked me about, uh, if I can't find it during the episode, I'll make sure that I let you know. Yeah, no, nothing story. major. It was just, I kept listening. I'm like, I don't know if they ever said the actual location other than being in the town. So. All right. Um, Julian, I got a, uh, one last question for you and then sure. I'll pass it back off to Max if he's got anything else. What do you <laughs> say to people that might like not believe in like ghosts or whatnot and I'll st start there. I got a second half okay. of that question. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I get asked that a lot. A lot of my peers, like I mentioned, friends and family, it's just not a part of their experience or their life. Mm -hmm. I just think that you have to experience it to, to believe because that's really what, I mean, it changed my whole perception of reality when I had things happening. So um, I would say that I also think that most psychic mediums would tell tell you most say like everybody has that ability to sense uh that alternate plane and um have that sixth sense to be empathic but there's also like a lot of different ways that happens there's like cl uh, clairsentience clairvoyance um so it's like very different ways that people experience that so i would just say i just think just like there's like a spectrum of intellect in the world <laughs> there's like a spectrum of um abilities to tap into that just being um sensitive to those kind of things because i can i can know before i walk in a room if um i'm not going to be comfortable in there and i can know if um <clears throat> if something like happened in there and then it's true. It comes, it turns yeah. out to be true. So I always have trusted my instinct and um, yeah. And uh, like I said, curiosity killed the cat. It's like a double-edged sword, but I think you have to experience it. And then I also think you just have to like give into the fact that some people just aren't as adept to seeing and hearing what other people are. Right. Um, I'm trying to imagine like what that would feel like. I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. I've walked into rooms where like been uncomfortable, but yeah. I'm about like an empty room. But then I'm. It doesn't feel like 
somebody's like watching you because like oh, I for feel sure. like everybody gets like that feeling once in a while like I feel like somebody's yeah. watching me. Just... yeah that it's actually called um scopoathesia and it's one of my like biggest fears in life it's that's the definition of it the fear of being watched mm -hmm. and um it's that feeling you get that all people get it could be like your dog walked up behind you it's not necessarily paranormal yeah you just feel something. yeah you just feel something there and you feel life i call it life um so like if i feel something walk up to the side of my bed i feel it feels like the life force that maybe once would have been in within a body hopefully because people who never exist energies that never existed in their body are pretty bad news so right. um but yeah it's called scopa athesia it's actually i covered it in my very first episode because i did like a haunting 101 before i even delved, delved into the 518 i was like i think i need to like explain what this all feels like so i loved finding out there was an actual word to define that because um that feel, fear feeling of just being watched that everybody knows that feeling yeah. um and that and just um oh man my stomach will turn upside down it's just this uh gut feeling and um yeah just knowing i remember driving by cherry hill the historic building in albany and it was after hours and it was closed and I had the worst, you couldn't have paid me to walk in that building. It just was very unsettling. So wow. it's, it's, it's both. It's being watched for sure. I'm definitely more scared of being watched. I'm terrified. Yeah. Right. No, it is a very eerie feeling that I think everyone does <laughs> No, But uh, in the last part to my question, do you think, let's just say 50 years end of mm -hmm. our lives or whatever, do you think we'll know for certain, like everyone will admit that like, the ghosts are real well we know for a fact like i know there's some people that don't think the earth is like round still but like yeah <laughs> we get to that point with like believing in ghosts yeah we're there's definitely a broad spectrum yeah. of people out there <laughs> um i would say it's interesting i don't i don't know because like you know the you know the famous uh couple the warrens who like the movie the conjuring is based off of oh, elizabeth okay. and or lorraine and ed warren like they always had a thing and houdini had a thing like if there was an afterlife he would make it apparent like he that was his life's goal when he came back to let his wife know and ed and lorraine always said that and lorraine outlived ed like very long but houdini never came back to his wife so it's like one of these weird things that like or she said he never did so it's one of these weird things that like i don't know if it'll ever be like an accepted thing or like a common belief but the one thing i i do have to say is if you really get into it and really do the research the commonalities in every single culture across every language it, it, yeah it's crazy no matter whether you can understand someone or or not all of these instances it it happens the same way to everybody it's so freaky it's like mm -hmm. so creepy that someone across the world that had no way of knowing yeah. um, has just experiences quote-unquote paranormal activity in the same vein yeah i would like to experience it i'd probably be scared i, I was gonna ask have either of you ever had any experiences i don't not really um i have one stint so when i lived in um one year we lived in a rental in north Husig before moving to the actual village and there was this uh it was like a really old house i think from easily the early 1800s farmhouse it was kind of on the north end of town and it was the only house i've ever been in where i felt like a presence like it just mm -hmm. felt like somebody was floating around and my understanding from what the people who own the property said is i think a younger girl who's handicapped fell down the stairs and may have died later of complications. Oh, wow. And so that was always kind of the rumor of what was floating around. 
I only lived in that house for like 14 months, so I never got like a whole lot of in-depth. But This explains a lot about you, Max. <laughs> it does it. <laughs> just that little twitch, you know? Um, but no, really, like I remember like just be like in my bed, just like back then I used to have like a radio, like a walkman listen to the radio. It was pre-iPads, you know? And um, just feeling that like chill and I'm like, like curling by the wall. Like I just was, I just felt something. That was the only time I've ever felt that in a, actual mm-hmm. building outside maybe like oh in the fall and mm-hmm. like there's been spots i guess was haunted i may have crept around the outside but that was mm-hmm. the only one that like naturally on a consistent basis i felt so, yeah. The, yeah any medium like any certified medium there's like several places you can get certified by like lilydale i don't know if you guys know what lilydale is in new york it's the spiritualist center where like all of the like long island medium like all these like famous mediums they get actually literally certified there um but they all say and katie manning said it several times uh, you know in a conversation off my podcast but also as a guest she says you know if if you feel it in your gut your gut is right it's always right so if you felt like something was in that house you weren't wrong yeah (laughs) and it's that feeling of being like watched or just that feeling of feeling that a presence you just know it's a weird ability humans animals have and kids are really fascinating because they don't have the ability to know it's not normal so it's really Mm -hmm. fascinating right there's that honesty factor yeah um my question i had but i didn't want to interrupt hunter if you had one um is you since you kind of like scatter with different towns in the area is there future episodes that you have in mind for towns and spots you're trying to hit up oh yeah i have a big list actually let me actually pull it out so um i actually have this is a printout of all the towns within the 518 area code the ones crossed out are the ones that I've done. Um, I do, you've seen, I step out of the 518 for occasions like, it's just so fun to do a holiday themed episode um, or just something that was too good that, to not talk about uh, that was just close enough. Yeah. Like the case of, I don't know if you guys know or if you heard in the episode, I actually forget which one it was in. It might've been Hudson. Um, it's legally, or real estate agents are legally responsible to tell you if a rental or a house is haunted or if like a murder took place there because of a case that happened in Nyack. Um, a, A man moved in and it like drove him crazy to the point that he was like, I can't live like this. He wasn't even like terrified. It was more just like it affected his whole life to the point that he couldn't function. Um, things were being like hidden on him. He was walking around the corner, bumping into th- people. It was like really freaky. So it's just fascinating that, um, I don't know, New York state embraced that, even though there was no evidence in the trial. So yeah. I definitely step outside a little, but yeah, I, I definitely think that the big ones that I've wanted to do are this are um, I want to cover the Sarah Ann Wood story, which would cover Racket Lake and Long Lake. So I have like a special little um, set of research kind of gearing up for that. And um, I'm a grad student at UAlbany and there was a, I did just cover UAlbany um, for hauntings, but there's a a pretty famous case of a missing girl, Suzanne Lyle. So I'm going to dedicate an episode to her. And then I don't know if you guys have heard of the Bennington Triangle stepping a little bit outside, um, but I mm-hmm. definitely want to talk about that. And then, yeah, other than that, I mean, Troy, I haven't done Troy yet. That's probably the biggest that I really need to dedicate. I've talked about it a lot in certain episodes, but I want to dedicate a whole thing. And I literally just go town by town. And if there's awesome. anything out there or enough or anything within, when I do the double episodes, it's just because there wasn't enough in one area. Um, so I would love to do every single 
town that's registered in the 518 area code if possible. That's great. Yeah, no, the Bennington Triangle is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, if you ever go up closer to like where I am right now, because I'm, I'm probably 20 minutes from like uh, Granville, Whitehall, New York. So I'm like mm-hmm. up in that area. Um, one spot I heard in your Hoosick Falls when you kind of crept in the long trail stuff. Yeah. Um, a really famous one kind of nearby in Vermont is uh, Wilson Castle in Proctor. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a pretty known one that's haunted. I but think uh, I did that one in one of my very early episodes before I had established um, really going town by town when I was just okay. starting to get a feel of the structure because yep. um, Steve brought, I always bring him up because he's such a great resource, but mm-hmm. the guy, the South Glens Fall Paranormal guy, he swears that is like the best place he's ever been to. He goes there for like his anniversary, he like stays there for his anniversary, his poor wife, that's how they celebrate. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, no, it's crazy. My uh, wife's family used to like help out and do tours there at, at times oh, wow. to do the more open tours. Yep. I gotta but, get uh, up there. Yeah, it's a pretty place, but it's really interesting the different stories and stuff up at that that whole complex. So that's a good one to reach out to to see if I could do like maybe an episode from there or um, get some firsthand interviews. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. Thank you. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, no, they've had um they've had some YouTube channels recently there like stay overnight. So it's very oh, much like cool. a very like open like open area to go visit yeah. that's haunted. Yeah. But no, it's so cool. It's just a small world thing that you have all this right in your backyard, you know? Yes, I know. I love it. I grew up around here and I really love New England. So it's been wonderful. Another amazing resource, if you guys are interested in getting into this, is there's the author. I do reference him a bunch, but David J. Pitkin, he's since passed, but he wrote Ghosts of the Northeast, Ghosts of Saratoga County. And he just literally spent like 20 years of his life knocking on doors being like, do you ever see a ghost and where and tell me your story and it's just books compiled of it so david j pitkin is the best resource for true local like grassroots ghost stories i got definitely look into that but uh juliana where can people find more about you yeah so you can find me on the haunted 518 on instagram and then um haunted 518 on facebook and I generally, whatever posts on one, it always ends up going on the other one. Right. And then you can please email me your your stories to thehaunted518 at gmail.com. That is um, my favorite part of doing this podcast is telling the, the spooky firsthand experiences. Because there's something about like, I don't know, something we all know is haunted. But when it's someone's personal, like yeah. the house that you just, you know, drove by a million times, but never knew and something weird was going on there. I just love those scare me a little more than the more notorious places. Right. So <laughs> please email me your stories. <laughs> All right, wingers, you heard her. Send her your ghost stories. If you had any encounters, be sure to follow her. Go subscribe to her podcast, Haunted 518. Do Juliana, it. we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you. you. This was a blast. We, uh, it's going to be yeah. a hell of an episode here. This Halloween. Heck yeah. I always end mine by saying happy haunting, like a big cheers and happy haunting. So happy haunting all the wingers. <laughs> hey, as, as they say in my home, shalom. <laughs> all right. Uh, until next time. Bye. Bye. All right. We have a legend back on the show. Ron Kerner, the resident demonologist. He wants to summon up some demons tonight. Ron, what's up? What's up, my fellow wingmen? going on pleasure i love the jack-o'-lantern wody hat it's a great combination get in the store bye today 
anyone who doesn't have this hat, man, they 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 better get to stepping because this this is definitely one of the hottest hats I own. So there you go. You love the color scheme too. Black and red is your colors. Yeah, absolutely. Demon destroyers. That's right, man. So, Ron, what the hell you been up to since uh, we last got together? Uh, capturing more demons, a uh, couple more exorcisms, uh, um, a few dealing with a few uh, just human entities I've had to deal with um, more recently. Uh, more friendlier than not, and uh, people just want to be assured that that's the case. Right. See so if I need to help them move the friendly ones on to the kingdom or if they're just comfortable having them in their house you know but since this is a wingman uh halloween special i am going to do something special also oh boy involving a uh a possessed doll that I had sent to me and I it's perfect timing because I was going to deal with this one anyway Mm -hmm. and now I could do it with you guys um on on this episode okay let's do it I'm here for it do we want to get into that now or do you want to well if you want to talk a little first we can talk I mean you (laughs) You don't want to go summon a demon doll Ron I I've always been a fan of a little bit of foreplay before you know (laughs) <laughs> we get into it i'm into it let's go <laughs> my boy's rubbing his nipples i love it <laughs> well dude you said you're into a little fo- foreplay ahead of time you know i like sometimes just... <laughs> i mean what's the difference you gotta bust off anyway right so, right yeah, so Ron, we absolutely crushed that exorcism we're jones and did do another one we got to get max in on the next one absolutely um, I actually, it's funny you said that I was speaking to somebody today who is on their way to the conjuring house. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's, a, he's, he's more of an investigator, yeah. uh, you know, paranormal investigator. And, uh, he's always wanted to do it. But in this case, um, I'm going to, uh, pay for all of us to spend the night overnight there oh, running the cameras uh you're only allowed six people so it'll be you guys myself um and i think that's it so it'll get really you know i mean it's the conjuring house you have to sign a shit ton of waivers before you even go in there by the way wow Uh, it's still very active and i intend for us to be the first ones to actually capture one of the conjuring demons and take them with us, get them out of there. When nobody else has or tried or even had the balls to try to attempt it. But I'm gonna do it because my record, I'm batting a thousand. I, I, I never miss, you know? So one of them have to come, <laughs> one, one of them are coming home with me. Right. No, yeah, yeah, that's something uh, for the listeners that don't know that haven't uh, listened to Ron's episodes before. What Ron does is uh, not just an exorcist. He actually will bound the demons to vessels, which I think we'll see here in a little bit with the doll he's got on hand. 
Well, well no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, oh yeah, what? I don't know what you're doing tonight exactly, but no, I'm not. I'm not doing. There's already an entity attached to this, right? Um, and it's a human entity. Uh, okay. but person couldn't deal with this doll uh, being in their house. She got it from her grandmother and she wants me to let her know more about it. I don't know if she's going to want it back or whatever she said. If it's nasty, she gets a lot of nasty feelings from it. And a lot of bad things have been happening to her when the doll is in the house. Mm -hmm. So she gave it to me. And as a friend, I said, I, I take care of it. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to ask you questions. We're going to wow. We're going to get some answers, hopefully, um, uh, audible answers. Because I bought one of my uh, ghost hunting devices. I have my Ovulus here. The Ovulus is a device where it's a dictionary, an electrical dictionary, right. electronic dictionary stored onto this device. Then it manipulates the words that it is trying to say to you. Sometimes it's a delayed response. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But then when you start to put it together, you're getting the answers you need. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to talk to this entity, find out like what the deal is. Oh, shit. I, th I think my pussy's warmed up now. I, no. think, I think it's primed. <laughs> Max, you got any questions for Ron? I know you haven't had too much chance to talk to him about the demonology side of things. Yeah, actually, you know what's a question I have is so you obviously had Chris and Hunter down for your exorcism that we filled uh filmed live. Um what was kind of your takeaway from the episode? Was there stuff that we you felt we covered well? Is there stuff you wish that maybe should have been highlighted I more? Liked, I, the only thing I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen uh which also um you know brings the validity to you know to what it is uh and it's compelling um would have been what happened to chris mm. we, didn't, we didn't show that and chris was scratched as well mm -hmm. and not only scratched it was like he was punched above the scratch right you know yeah yeah, I and think we might have put it on social media. I don't think I put it in. I forgot why I didn't put it in for some reason. I don't know if I, like I had enough to fully explain it. Yeah, it's 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 all good. Yeah, it, it, the the episode itself is killer. I mean, you know, um, I did. It, it's it's very ironic though because uh, I, I said it was a mild demon and like a lower class demon, and it was. But the irony was I ended up getting sick. Yeah, that we got to talk about that. Yeah, right. The following day for a week. Mm. So, yeah. Do you think I that mean, was directly because of that demon? Yeah, I mean, it, it was just the you, you get the residual effects mm -hmm. afterward. I mean, they, they make you sick sometimes. Sometimes it's just, you know, you got aches and pains for a few days. Or you have to recharge your your natural energy, mm. you know, and um, makes you uh, really tired. Um, and I mean, I've done captures and and whatnot where and cleansings and and uh, where I literally slept for like no joke, like up to 15, 16 hours after, you know get very hungry, very dehydrated, 
you know, um, the more intense it is as uh, Hunter saw and Chris saw in person, uh, the more intense it is, the more I sweat because mm-hmm. I'm putting so much into it. Like that day, uh, if you guys would have seen, like they saw it, but everyone out there would have seen what my shirt ended up like. You know, I literally like had to take it off because it was soaked. It was it was like if I just came out of the shower. Wow. With wearing the shirt. Yeah. yeah there, there was so much that happened. Like I tried explaining it in the video where me and Chris would like talk like afterwards, like the lights flickering and shit, like both sets of lights, Ron getting pushed and whatnot. Uh Denise's face was the icing on the cake for me, where she went from that smirk to like yeah. crying. That was that was a selling point for me. And I, I think well, people that, overlooked that's, that. The demons, you know, I needed that demon to come out. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you need provocation. You know, so you're, you, you know, it was to the extent, that's why I said it was a lower class demon because he really didn't give me much of a problem. You know, right. as far as wanting to surrender himself, um, he gave, you know, he did what demons do. They fuck around, they get nasty. He did do that to us in the room. I mm. uh, he, he didn't want to stay in one place. He went behind you, Hunter. He was with shadows everywhere. He's doing everything he could. Um, but remember, I sealed off that room so he had nowhere to go. You know. Exactly. Uh, so he had his choice and he made the right choice. He's actually sitting downstairs right now all locked up. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, he's yep, with, with about a hundred other demons. <laughs> all locked up. Um, yeah. so I got one last question before we roll into the, the juicy stuff. Ron, so a lot of the comments on the YouTube videos, they're either good or they're bad. Okay. Good people are like, oh, thank you so much. Like, I like something like this was on my mind. And then the other ones all call me a Satanist, right? They say that it's the, but it's, as you call them, the Bible thumpers are, they're like, they're even calling like Chris and I stupid. You guys don't know what you're messing with. And then they're all by like textbook. What do you say to these people? (laughs) You tell them, you tell them, get your heads out of your asses. There is so much more to these realms than what you've been brainwashed with. Mm. And there's so much more education behind the religion and and how it it relates to the history and and stuff that goes back before people even started writing, uh, you know, the Bible and whatnot. This demons have been around just as long as the angels. Every every everyone was together. There's a you know you have the fallen angels, hence Lucifer and his crew of seventy two, the Council of Seven, and then you have the seven archangels and God. I mean, look, Bible thumpers make me laugh. I've I've had so many conversations with them and showed them their own contradictions. Uh-huh. They quote these Bible passages to me, and I throw it right back to them. Very frustrating to people like me who deal with both sides, uh-huh. dealing with the realm of the kingdom in heaven, dealing with the realm of darkness and hell, quote unquote, whatever. And I'm dealing with all of them, you know, and showing them all the same respect. But that's the reality. 
Don't make shit up. You know what I mean? Ron, who's who's this little lady you got here? Okay, this is Trudy. Trudy. Do you want, do you want me to explain again her uh, her story? Yeah, her, yeah. Her situation. Okay, uh, a friend of mine was given this doll from her deceased grandmother. Okay. Her deceased grandmother uh, gave this doll to her mother to give to her. Okay, so she was having issues, uh, negative, around her room. It used to stand in the corner of her room um, by the TV. Uh, it's, it is a vintage doll, as you can tell. She thought originally maybe it was her grandmother's spirit in there. Like, that was her, you know... Then I said, I, I highly doubt it, uh, you know, especially with any negativity, number one. Number two, why would your grandmother want to not be moved on? Or I, I can understand if she's coming back to visit, you know? Yeah, and it's doing uh, the elf on a shelf kind of thing, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you don't I always be... thought those elves on a shelf were, like, creepy as fuck, but all the other kids were into it. Like, I second that. I don't get that shit. <laughs> I thought it was creepy as shit. Well, the funny thing about, I mean, when you do what I do, very few things can actually scare you. I, you know what sucks? I can't even watch a horror movie without right. laughing. Um, she, she was having a lot of problems. She asked me as a favor. She knows what I do. She knows I'm a demonologist. She knows I'm a ghost hunter, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she also knows I'm an exorcist. She said, can you please find out about this dog? Said sure. Did a uh, preliminary uh, with with the stall. Yeah. And um, I originally uh, we were doing it with an EVP. Okay. Uh, uh, so, which is uh, electric voice phenomenon. You do it on the recorder. You put it back. I'm explaining to the audience, like you know, right. It came back. She said her name. Uh, and it was Trudy. So I told my friend, I called her up. Uh, I won't break her full an anonymity. Michelle, it's her real first name. So I said, Michelle, hey, name is Trudy. I'm not getting any kind of real negative, positive. It's, it's a neutral vibe. Even right now, it's a neutral vibe. Yeah. So she's been stuck in my room. Uh, there's all these human toenails and fingernails that have been in there with her, okay? Um, and I had put a few things in there also in this box just to keep her at bay in case for now because she's not bound. She's, she's free. She could be anywhere right now. What we're going to do is you guys are going to witness a ovulus session. Okay. I'm gonna try to get her to talk. <clears throat> this is true uh, ghost Halloween shit, everyone out there. Okay. So I hope you enjoy. This is not a fucking movie. This is real. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it like I always do. Um, let me get the ovulus out, hold on. 
Tell me if you can hear this when I turn the Ovulus on. Ovulus. Yep. Yep. Okay, good. Trudy, tell me something. Told me your name was Trudy. Tell me something about you. We're capital L. Capital L. Write this down, Max, while we're doing this, because it means something. Capital L. Capital L. Yeah, Max, Hunter, either one. Doesn't matter. Okay, capital L. Like that, I have no clue. She might be trying to say something else. And it might not even be her. It could be an entity that's just around. That's that's where this gets confusing. Okay. Talk to me. Say something else. Capital L is not making sense to me. What what is can I ask her a question? Ask her. Go ahead. Trudy. Is it Trudy, right? Yes. Trudy, are you a wingman? She's giving me the eyes right now. She's looking deep into my damn soul. Her eyes are blacked out right now. Uncle. Uncle? Told you uncle. Uh, hopefully not the funny uncle. Fuck. Uncle, uncle. No. Her wingman, her uncle was a wingman. You know, you can say all this through the, the screen and I'm the one who has to deal with her at the end of the night. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> made this uncle had the letter L, like a name. Uh, yeah, is is uh is your uncle's name start with the letter L, Trudy? Six. Six. Twenty. Twenty. Six twenty. June twentieth. Yeah, but she could be talking about from the 16th century, you know, 17, 1800s, 1600s, 20. Uh, are you aware of what year you're in? Or are you still belief, in belief of, of when? Are you even aware? Dirt. Okay. Dirt. So this yeah. is when you were buried. Hobble. I thought it said probable. It, it probable. says hobble. Uh, says oh, hobble. you can see it. Uh, so that we, you were weak. Hobble, hobble weak. weak. You were put in the dirt, so you were sick. Do you know that you're dead, Trudy? Trudy, do you know that you are dead? You are no longer alive. I got to get the, uh, what equipment, I, equipment turned I'll, off. I'll try asking a question. Let's see. He said light. Did you see her hair move? Did her hair move? It was bouncing around on the right side. I don't know if you got a fan pointed that way. It was moving a little bit. No, no fan. Trudy. Go ahead Trudy, and ask. Me yeah. Trudy, do you feel alone? Like lonely? You see, her hair did it again. No way. Products. I swear to. She said products. Hair products. I'm telling you, the arm right, Ron. So your left, her front bangs are like, mo like was moving. 
My left, but here? Opposite side. Here? Yep, that one hanging in the fucking front moved twice. That's fucking weird, man, because (laughs) there's literally nothing. I didn't catch it. What was the last word she said? Products. Products. Opening. Opening. Oh, fuck. See, this is where it gets fun, guys. You get to, like, be like Sherlock Holmes and try to put it together. Right now, we want to find out, Trudy, are you... Do you have good intentions? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you angry? Do you know Michelle? Do you know that you scare her? She says bad things happen around you? Cremate. She said cremate. Okay. Okay. Holy fuck. Definitely sounds like we're talking about, like, maybe did something go awry during the funeral process? That's what I'm wondering. Did something happen during? Without, she said. Without. The last words were opening, cremate, without. And just to clarify, Ron, the doll is just Trudy. We don't know the entity that's in it, right? Or... Right. The, the, she could be lying. You know, okay. it, it could also be demonic. I don't feel it to be demonic, so I'm going to pretty much Dude, take I cannot out. wait to get this footage back to fucking show you guys the fucking hair. You said have gravity. faith in gravity. Faith and then gravity? Yeah. She is active, though. She's very talkative. I'm surprised. Usually you have to wait a long time to get words. Trudy, why'd you pick this vessel? Great question. Trudy, why are you in this stall? See, now it goes a while without Anne. 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 Hmm. Is this doll supposed to be Anne, Trudy? Trudy? Sip. Sip. Loving. Loving. Oh, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. So. Turning. Turning. Has she turned it all? Fucking hope not, man. I'd be freaked out. We have to do it on the review. Maybe we didn't see something. Producer, you see anything? She's saying she's loving and something with turning. So she's obviously she's not, she doesn't have ill intent. I can feel it by being next to her. Details. Details. I guess she wants to tell us the details. And who was your uncle? Spirits. Spirits. Okay. All right. So Maybe. we know we know there's spirits. Are you saying there are more spirits around right now? Stick. Stick. Wait. Oh yeah, I know what she's looking at. Wide. Yeah. Night. Yes, it's night. Okay, she's like. She's on point. She's talking about her environment right here. We have a, oh. uh, like a, a bunch of sticks like for the holiday season. 
There's some behind, there's sticks behind you too. Yeah, and behind, and it's nighttime. She's starting to get into all of that now. So, which is a good thing. She just sounds, to be honest, she sounds like a benign entity. Talking. Talking. Did you hear that? Yeah, we are talking. Yeah. All right. Next podcast. So, I don't even think people realize there's technology that you can get actual reply back to people, you know, to spirits like this. She said capital N. And yes, the technology throughout time uh, have has, um, you know, with a lot of actually true scientists, we're not talking about, you know, uh, a lot of engineers and even Thomas Edison himself always tried to make equipment and Tesla to, to reach out to the spirit world. So we are having advances in the paranormal world with our equipment because we're, we're learning how to entrap energy, manipulate it, get them where they can speak, where we can see them, you know? So. Ron, do you still have that on? Material. You tell me. Uh, yep. Actually, I have a question because I capital L, capital N's give me thinking. Trudy, are you a nurse? Oh. Sugar. She called you sugar. She likes you. She likes you. I'll take it. All right. You ever have sex with someone who's been dead since like 1700s <laughs> this first time for anything right wait what'd she just say where she said where eerie, eerie. oh my god eerie where eerie is this She's, eerie i think she was saying when and where max and then ron the way you were putting it with uh having sex with the dead bodies eerie eerie <laughs> yeah it's, it's all up for interpretation so oh, yeah. he said apple Sure. Sure. She said sure. Right. Oh my God. Max, she's India. God. You ever been to Vermont? Shoes. Shoes. Shoes or shoes? Shoes. Like oh, you walk shoes. in. Okay. That's shoes. Wait. I'm moving her just so you know right now. Want to see something? I don't know if she's calling me. Is that cupcake? Cupcake. There's a lot of lot of sweet references. I'm wondering if there's like any bakery aspects to this. You ever thought I kept she just said Max form. Form. Oh wait, she might want to manifest. Hold on. Can you I'm not going anywhere. Just hold on. She might talk, but I wanna I wanna help her out. Okay, I turned it. Now we're going to start to get stuff. I turned off the lights and whatnot. Anger. Do these types of things, entities, work better in the dark, Ron, or does it not matter? Sometimes because you're turning off the... Swim. Timid. Timid. She's fucking active now. Finger. Finger. You see how fast it's happening now? Mm -hmm. Is it finger or anger? She said anger... Something else, I don't know. And then she said finger. Okay. Um, when you turn off the lights and all that Finally. kind of... 
she goes finally well you turned off the lights finally yeah so now she can talk she's it's because there's no interference with the electricity now in the room cup which makes sense there's a cup right here are you a man or a woman I kind of already know. Simple. simple, she said. It's simple. <sighs> so she's a woman. The answer is simple, which obviously she's a woman. Yeah, all right. That I can put together because I've dealt with her before, once before. So This is crazy. What do you got, Max? You got something for her? She seems to like you. She really likes you. Trudy, have you ever felt loved? Oh, wow. Ooh. Good question. Trudy, have you ever, what did you say, been in love or felt, felt love? Felt it. Have you ever felt love, Trudy? Trudy, don't leave us now. I just made it comfortable for you. You sit there, she starts talking and everything, and now it's all quiet. Um... Heavy. Heavy. Heavy love. Heavy love. Mm. He got really quiet. She's playing hard to get. Typical girl. It's a, I'm asking the tough questions. Nancy. Nancy. Oh, that's her first name. Remember they had a capital N earlier. Nancy. Oh, who's, who's Nancy, Trudy? Are you Nancy? Is Trudy the wrong word uh, name for you? Were you trying to give us your actual name? That's what I'm feeling. Are you guys feeling that? As soon as she said Nancy, I was like, wait, that references that capital N. N, right. And the capital L might be her last name. Maybe. Nancy, what's your last name? Playing hard to get now. Maybe. Yeah. So, Ron, what's the end game when, like, you're like, uh, when you're using this uh, device when you're well, talking to something like this? I'm, I, I'm gonna actually uh, give her one more opportunity. Okay. To answer that question. I'm just sit here like right, this. Right, right. So, Nancy, what is your last name? Amanda. Whoa. Okay. There we go. Well, there's an Amanda. Name, Nancy Amanda. I think I'm putting this together, but it's all interpretation until I do other uh, sessions and tests with her with other, you know, I want to do more EVPs. Right. And I also want to do a, uh, a radio frequency sweep with her. Child. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Amanda's a child. Amanda's her child. It must be the uniform. Oh. She said called. <laughs> Obviously, she doesn't know what a phone is, though, unless we know what time period she's from. Debbie. Debbie. Hello, oh, Debbie. Debbie. New, new name. Is, this, is it telling us to call a Debbie? Oh, I, I have no. no Man, I, have a, I have an Aunt Debbie. <laughs> Was that another daughter of yours? Did you have a daughter that also died? Named, named Debbie? 
So you had Debbie and you had Amanda? Wife. She was a wife. Alive. Wife. A wife. Yeah, wife. It says wife. Wife. Your wife? Debbie your was your wife? Sex. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Debbie's your wife, sex. And then she said, Paul. Paul? Paul. Yeah. Debbie? Temperature. Temperature. Yes, it's. I, I definitely got chills after all that just went down. I felt that. That I felt. That's insane. So Debbie is your wife, sex, temperature. Is that the last few we just got? Paul. Oh, Paul. Yep. Paul temperature. Says it here, Paul. Keep. Keep. You want to keep talking or is, is that what you're trying to do here, Nancy? It's cool to know that your name. It's cool to know that your name is uh, Nancy, not Trudy. Where'd the name Trudy come from? Is it like on the... she? She just said call. Is she saying call her name? I think so. Uh, uh, she said or call, call Debbie's her. name. Debbie. Debbie. I'm like getting a. Honestly, like this pissed off feeling from girl. She said, "Call the girl, like Debbie." I gotta, I gotta tell you. Whoa! Get the fuck. Okay. Sorry. Get what? the fuck out. No way, dude. What? Okay. Get the fuck out. What? <laughs> what okay. the fuck? That was even for me a little. Get the fuck out of here. Followed up that, with a quick sorry. That. Clip shit. that shit. Holy fuck. That was insane. And my hands were up. She's she's like got angry, fell on me, and then she said sorry. What were you about to say? You got a. You were getting a what kind of feeling? A pissed angry, off feeling. An angry feeling. Oh <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> All he right. was legit who spoke his e cig. And then that fell over. And then Mealy said sorry. As immediately. I'm yeah. Wow. And now the device turned off. The device is off. How does it no. go off? Can it shut itself off? No, it's not supposed to show you. Drain the battery. Oh, maybe she that was her way of saying peace. It seems so. Sorry, gotta go. Jesus. That the follow-up sorry was just I'm going wow. to I'm trying to see if I can even get it. Nope. Can't get it back on. I'm tearing up, man. Hold on. If you gonna she leave us with her? I gotta tune on the lights. You guys have her. Right. Okay? Here yep. she is until I turn on the lights. Okay. Dude. Don't look her in the eye, Max. Don't look her in the fucking eye. I'm staring at my mic. Holy shit. Happy fucking Halloween, huh? Holy shit. That is a fucking clip right there, ladies and gentlemen. That was crazy. Even for me, I didn't expect any of that.
That 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 bugged me out, and we know what I go through a lot. Okay, so that was uh, a fun little episode there towards the yeah, end. Yeah, Ron, hey, dude, we appreciate you for fucking. I God. dude, I expected to like speak to her because I'm always successful, as you know, on everything I do when it comes to the paranormal. Yep. But I didn't expect that whole last little episode. We got very lucky getting that on, on camera. Yeah, because I was about to call Plus it. Plus your hair. You saw the hair. Sooner than later, we're booking an overnight. So have plenty of battery, plenty of film, and we're going to Conjuring House eventually. Very soon. I got to book it. And we're all sleeping there overnight. Well, we won't be doing much sleeping, but we'll be up. In, it's it's going to be insane. So that one, Max, then you'll start to see some of the things that were mildly seen already by Hunter and Chris. Yeah, I'll bring the popcorn. I'm ready yeah. for it. All right, gentlemen. Happy Halloween. All right, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Hope you enjoyed it, wingers.